and welcome to Bibbs Music Room. I'm your host, Bibbs, and here we're going to talk about music, inspiration, life, and everything in between. Now, here we go in three, two, one. Alright, hello everyone. This week we're joined with Brady. Hello, Brady. Hello, how are you guys doing? Good, how are you? I am good. All right, do you want to start us off? Tell us a little bit about the beginning of your musical journey. Oh, man. Okay, well, it all starts maybe in 2013 or 12 or something. I don't know. Uh, sometime around then in my grandparents' basement, I found this big case. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I opened it up, and it was a BC Rich Warlock bass. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this thing is a beast. It looks really cool. It's red. It looks metal. That's what it looks uh, like. It's like spiky looking. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it was my dad's from like the 80s. And I like had never really, I like, when I was younger, I'd like picked up instruments like here and there. Like I, I played, well, I say played loosely, like drums. <laughs> I just banged around on them. Um, but yeah, I picked that thing up and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then I like taught myself like, okay, this is how music works. <laughs> like <laughs> I started reading like tabs and I was like, this makes sense. Like this is the fret. That's the number, you know? Uh, and from there I just started kind of learning how to play songs from like bands that I liked and it just progressed from there. <laughs> so are you totally self-taught then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like when it comes to playing, I took like music theory courses in high school, but you know, I got from those what I got, <laughs> which what you say, is a little bit. Was like bit. a big learning curve in the beginning? Um, just like get it. It just kind of made sense to me once I learned. So I, <laughs> I guess the the funny thing, uh, I knew nothing. And when I like first picked it up, I was like, so I just put my finger on the metal part. <laughs> like I didn't know, I didn't know where my fingers went. But then once I got over that hump, <laughs> it kind of smoothed out, and I, I, it made more sense to me. Yeah. And what kind of stuff were you playing in the beginning? You mentioned, um, like, beginning liking music. Um, did you have any specific songs that you wanted to learn in the beginning? Yeah, so um, I guess going even before I even started playing bass, I I didn't really start like really listening to music on my own until like middle school, um, and that's when I kind of developed my own taste. Um, and at that point, I was really into like MCR, so <laughs> so I basically just learned MCR songs, um, which I think the first song I learned was "Give 'Em Hell, Kid." uh by mcr my chemical romance um and then like na 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 and like they just got a couple fun bass lines that i really enjoyed and they were easy to learn they're fun did you ever take that into like uh like any of your friends in like school like jam with like your friends in school yeah that's actually well kind of <laughs> uh so throughout i guess i i had just started playing and then like at at the like around the same time a friend of mine a really close friend of mine actually also like had just started playing guitar um and then we kind of had this other friend who was also like i play drums a little bit <laughs> um and then we went to like this one basement show and we saw some bands playing and we were like dude we got to start like playing together <laughs> and then we kind of started our first like little band was there was it always bass like from the time you saw that bass or did you ever try out guitar or anything else yeah so i i i started with the bass because that's what i had um 
and then like in the past i i played like little bits of guitar like not well um but then i i'd also found my dad's old guitar which both of these instruments by the way are like pretty old and run down they like barely worked so there's a lot of like tinkering with them and like soldering parts to get them to stay working um but yeah he did have an old guitar and i i kind of learned how to play that as well like nowadays i can i can play both confidently but yeah guitar was i picked that up after the bass and that was kind of a learning curve is there anything about the bass that you prefer um less strings (laughs) yeah um I I can't really explain why I prefer it. It's just it kind of feels better to me. And I I think it's part of like the the way it feels to play, like the um just that low end you feel it through your whole body. And like obviously guitar if it's like screaming you can you can feel it too, but there it's just something different about bass that I I kind of enjoy more. Yeah, I'm definitely a bigger fan of playing bass than playing guitar. Yeah. But it's that's got... also cuz I like kind of come from a rhythm yeah that's the other thing is is the rhythm the rhythm standpoint of it is is a fun thing too yeah Interesting. i've never played a bass so i don't know <laughs> and give like. it a shot <laughs> it's basically a guitar, but with less yeah. i see people like if i'm like watching someone play bass they're just like hitting the strings they're i don't know yeah. yeah that's that's a thing too uh, with bass there's a lot of different styles yeah. like i know tyler i've seen you play and you like that percussive kind of slapping style yeah, I like the- like, I'm so weird with bass. Like, I I could play bass. But I don't consider myself a bass player. Mm-hmm. But um, like if I like have like a style for myself, I I pick up a lot from mainly Tool and Primus. Yeah. And with both those bands, it's basically like one or two patterns that just kind of repeat for like the whole song. Yeah, because there's and that's just kind of how I got used to it. So mm-hmm. like I've I kind of grew into doing like a very percussive yeah like very percussive like thing and then also um doing like the same patterns over and over again like i, I have written my own bass parts mm-hmm. and um the bass parts that i've actually like spend time like thinking about them i make them like ridiculously hard for no reason like i'm like basically like like doing like a bass like swooping motion but like, yeah. like tapping and stuff like that yeah and i'm like all right now i have to do that like twice as fast and just repeat that <laughs> over and over and over again and then when i try to do that i'm like i can't execute it. i'm not a real bass player <laughs> but then like if i play it like slow down i'm like okay this, this will sound cool like sped up i just can't speed it up yeah but um yeah i don't know it's really weird like i, I could write like um a really weird like pattern that repeats but like when it comes to like following a chord progression like i mm. i can't do the chord progression i think i think it's strange because i i'm not super into playing like that percussive style and i think maybe it's because you're a drummer so you can kind of um yeah. imagine it more like yeah. that's that's a big thing with writing is imagining it yeah. like hearing it in your head first it's kind of how uh, dave gold does it like when mm. he plays guitar he thinks of it as like like drums like he thinks yeah of it, of it, like, the, like the low e is like kick drum or like toms or something yeah and, like the like higher like e or like b or like more like symbols and stuff like that or, like, yeah like, snare hits and you're like that's how you write guitar yeah so i feel like i would kind of do bass from a similar perspective from like i pictured it as like drum sound but like in like a more like melodic way kind of mm-hmm. so yeah it's weird because i don't have that filter of being a drummer before being a bassist i just have being a bassist <laughs> do you have any specific bands 
bands or just like genres that you prefer playing? Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, genres. I don't know. I mean, I've I've always played like um, rock, alternative rock, like punk rock, that kind of stuff. But I I really like like higher energy stuff. Um, and like, uh, I'm in airspace now with Tyler. <laughs> uh, yep. And before that, I was in a band called Run from the Radio, and we were kind of like a punk rock kind of band. And it was it was all all that all high ex- like explosive high energy, um, and just like you know playing as hard as we could <laughs> being as loud as we could you did a little sing with them too, right? yeah yeah i did i did sing for um well <laughs> we can call it singing i guess yeah i i screamed into a, a microphone a lot um I mean, i've heard some songs where you sing and you're, you're a good singer thank you he's actually like really good at singing <laughs> thank you i appreciate that <laughs> i also said your singing voice also sounds nothing like your talking voice. <laughs> yeah. There's some people were like that when they when they sing their voice sounds completely different. Yeah, I I noticed that with myself too cuz I I know I I tend to talk um I guess where I'm comfortable what um which is a little bit lower but with singing I I feel comfortable and more in control when I sing a little bit higher. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when I sing I turn country. I mean a lot of the Music. I mean, I guess I, because you, you listen to a lot of, like, folky stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. my voice is just... <laughs> That's a weird thing with, just like how we were talking about with playing bass. Um, like, my my voice, I kind of, uh, I definitely pull influences from a lot of what I've listened to, but it's, like, hard to place exactly where it's coming from. But, yeah, I think I think everyone has a little bit of that, too, with, like, without even knowing it. You kind of sing in a certain way. I, I can't even, like, try to imagine, like, what vocal influences I have. Because one, I listen to so many bands, and like, mm-hmm. like it's to the point where like I have so many different like influences that like I can't really pick out like what specifically I'm drawing from. Yeah. For, like all different instruments. Like, with bass, I can't because it's like two bands that I really like play. Yeah. So that that's easy with guitar. Like I don't really play guitar too much. I just do like open chords and stuff like that. So it's like yeah, I would say an influence for that. That's just kind of open chord. Yeah. But then like with vocals, like. When I when I first started doing vocals, I didn't start out with singing. I started out with, with um, growling and like gutturals and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So like when it comes to like kind of that style of stuff, I would say like like heavier bands like uh, like Amon the Marth. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, or, or I don't like, think uh, so. Or like Viking metal. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. When it comes to like 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 gutturals and stuff like that, like deep like low screams, like mm. that's what I do. Like like that's where I draw my influence because like that's how I kind of learn how, yeah. how to do it. But then, um, when it comes to like other stuff, like I listen to so many bands where it's like normal singing, like I could, I cannot point out to you like what I'm trying to, like what like I'm kind of singing like. I, I can't. Yeah. Like, oh, like I'm singing like, like in this kind of the style of this band or this band. Like I got no clue. Yeah, and it's it's weird because, like you mentioned, I I have I have songs that I've recorded in my bedroom, and like. In my mind, I'm like trying to emulate, or like I have this this idea of a like like how you get an idea for a, a bass part or a drum part. It's just in my head, like how I want it to sound, and like I try to emulate it, and like it definitely is like pulling from someone else or something else. But it's hard to like know exactly where it is. It's like mm-hmm. a, an amalgamation of, of all these different yeah. vocalists. I'm also kind of like that with, with drums. Like with drums, like I know like my obvious influences, mm-hmm. but like when it comes to like my overall style it's more based on genre than it is like specific bands. Yeah. Like, 
I'm I'm very big on like progressive rock and like metal. But then like um I would say like another very heavy influence for my playing is funk. And I feel like that it's it's kind mm-hmm. of funny cuz it's like progressive rock and like met like progressive metal as well is like kind of like somewhat on the opposite spectrum of music as funk is. <laughs> Like yeah. There's a lot of like similarities and stuff because it's like a lot of like like chops as you yeah. say. Yeah. But like, it's like completely different like feel. Yeah, and it's cool when like two different like completely different genres from like opposite sides of the spectrum kind of meld together because you get something really yeah. unique with it. It is cool. Something that I find that's really interesting is with um a lot of musicians that are like that that um are heavily influenced by two genres that are like very different from each other. A lot of times in what they normally play, both of those genres like show. Like let's mm-hmm. say there's like a like a metal drummer who started out playing jazz. Yeah. You could tell when he was playing drums that like he has a jazz influence or like yeah. there's like a like a guitar bass player where they started out playing jazz and then they go and play like rock, you'd be like, Okay, like, from like what he's playing, it's like you could tell he like at least studied like jazz a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. So, so- you mentioned how you started with one band and then you moved into Airspace. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit? How did Airspace get started? Oh, well, Airspace was already going for a couple of years before I had joined. Um, but we, uh, Chris and I, Chris from Airspace, we met um, because I used to, with a friend of mine also named Chris, we would run this uh, venue out of his basement called Live at 13. Um, so we had all sorts of bands from the Valley and, uh, I don't know, we, we've had some from farther out. We had a band from Massachusetts, but, but, uh, bands from wherever, whoever would want to play, uh, we'd have them come in and, uh, airspace played. And so I met Chris, I think I can't, I can't recall if I had really gotten to talk to him the first time he played there. Um, but I, we, we met each other and became friends through 13, um, and through some other people who also like knew him. He was just kind of in the friend circle of, of mine. Uh, and then at one point run from the radio, my former band needed a drummer and he was like, well, I drum a little bit. <laughs> so, so he played drums for us and played drums for the other band. Yeah. Yeah. For, for a little bit. I can, for some reason I cannot see him. <laughs> <laughs> he plays like every instrument. Yeah. He, he's but, an incredible it, musician. It's so funny. Like whenever, like I see him behind the kit, like. His, every time he sits behind the kit, it's always the same reaction. Like he sits behind the kit, plays like the, like the same thing. He's like, "I love drums so much." <laughs> yeah, he does. I love him so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a he's a great drummer and a great guitarist and a great bassist and he's pro- and a great pianist <laughs> and he's probably got some other tricks up his sleeve. Um, probably plays like oboe or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he played drums for us uh, and throughout that that period. Uh, I know he's, he told me he was always kind of looking for steady members of, of his band. Cause I know his, uh, airspace had some lineup changes. Um, and at the time, actually, I think I was only 19 or 20 and he was looking for a new bassist and I was like, Oh man, I would love to join. But at the, <laughs> at that point in time he was playing, um, like bars, uh, a lot. Um, and so we weren't sure if it would work out, like if I would be able to play those bars, um, so a friend of ours actually was playing bass for airspace for a little bit, but then when he stopped, <laughs> I, oh, I got the call. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't 21. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
but once once they uh once he stopped playing with them i got the call i was actually at work <laughs> and chris called me and i was like super stoked about it because <laughs> i was like oh hell yeah because I, I loved airspace at the time i was like well i still do obviously but um because i would now listen to them. <laughs> now i hate them <laughs> no um but yeah i would like listen to uh the ep and at like and stuff when i was at work and like when i was playing video games and i was like oh this band kicks ass <laughs> so i was really excited to join so you've been with them for a few years? Yeah, I've been with Airspace now since 20, or it might have been 2019. I, I don't know the exact date, but I think 2019. So how have you seen Airspace kind of grow and evolve over the years? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the big thing is, is the, the changing hairstyles. Also, now, <laughs> the other day we were talking about what color your hair is, and I... She now, said it was dirty blonde. I, I was really like, I was like, brown. Blonde. Now I'm yeah it's actually this is my natural hair color finally yes, i told you when we were talking i see brady all the time <laughs> yeah but in my mind it was uh dirty blonde because uh we saw Moonroof play the other day and they thought all of you guys were brothers yeah, that was, that'd be cool so we should fun. start we should start telling people that that's a good idea that'd actually so funny, yeah. we should all we should come up with like a a last like we should make up a last name and we should all just start calling ourselves that <laughs> But other than the hair changes, well, let's see, I guess it, it's actually interesting coming from um, being a fan of the band to being in the band, because at first I was like, man, these guys kick ass. They rock. They rock. They're rock and roll. And then I joined the band and I was still like, wow, these guys kick ass. <laughs> they're, they're rock and roll. But then like, l- I guess kind of learning about Chris's songwriting process and his inspirations I was like, wow, like, cause it's kind of, um, well, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like the way everything came together, um, I guess to make those songs. And then I was like, man, what else is, what else does this guy got going on? Um, cause then from there it like only got more like intensely melodic, I guess. I don't know. Um, like the song, the songwriting it stuck with the intensity of that first EP and then like just grew. Um, so I think, I think the songwriting has changed. Um, and I like to, I, when I joined, he had most of the, um, our debut album all the way up. He had most of that written already. Um, and I kind of, you know, did some little things on bass, um, to, uh, sorry, I lost the word I was thinking of. That happens a lot, but I <laughs> I did some little little things on bass to fill out some of uh, the parts that I'd be playing, uh, and then I had one song that I brought to him, uh, yeah, crush, yeah. Um, that we we fleshed out fully, and I guess that's how like I don't know that <laughs> we've we've grown as as writers together, um, which is cool. I've heard that a lot of your lyrics. Uh... <laughs> have some alien undertones. <laughs> yeah. Conspiracy theory undertones. What what do you like? So uh when I write um when I write songs, um which a lot of songs I write I just I write for myself. Some of them don't make it to airspace, which which is cool, um which is okay. Um <clears throat> but yeah I write about uh cryptids <laughs> and aliens and ghosts um just because it's fun it's it's and i something i really like about it is um for example i have a song i wrote about bigfoot 
and and I write it. I like to write in such a way that you could either be like, "Is this song about a girl or is it about Bigfoot?" <laughs> um, so that's how I write a lot of my songs. Um, we have a hairy girl with Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, that it could be. Um, but we have a song that we've been working on together now, all three of us, called Roswell, um, and I'm excited for that one because it's about an alien, <laughs> an alien girlfriend. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I think I should do the demo for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I can't wait to get to record that one in the studio. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, been a while since yeah. I like recorded like a like a much like higher energy, like more intense song. So yeah, be fun to get that in the studio. Yeah, I'm excited I for sweat it. In the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Tell yeah. Matt to turn on the heater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you write a song and you bring it to Chris, what what is the creative kind of collaboration process then with that song? Well, so a lot of times um, I feel Chris just has this incredible brain <laughs> that he's he's able to bring so much to something. Um, whereas not that I feel my writing is basic or anything, but I I, I definitely don't think of everything that <laughs> in a way that I feel that he does. Um, so I like to write things and I keep it pretty bare bones. I have like chords and like little like ideas for riffs and stuff. Um, but yeah, I write these things and I bring them to him and I feel like there's just so much he can add to it. Um, which I think is a, an awesome way to write. Um, and there's been, there's countless times that he's brought stuff to Tyler and I too. And, you know, we jam on it and we feel it out. We see, you know, what fits where. That's and, how, um, Against the Wind was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of how all the songs were. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had to bring it to somebody. Yeah. They just show up. Yeah. How long do you think that process is when, like, a song is brought up to you guys? Mm. Someone writes something. I, think I feel it, like it, it just kind of depends. Like yeah. Some, sometimes from, like, writing a song to, like, really having it down and being like, that's, like, the final product. Sometimes it could be really fast. Like, um, I think Say was pretty quick, right? Yeah, yeah, that so one. It was like, yeah, probably. Had it for what, like three months? Yeah, I would say. Before we released it. Yeah, yeah, around I that. I feel like that's like the fastest I've ever wrote. From, from, yeah, like for, yeah, from conception to release. Yeah. That was probably but, our shortest period. Yeah, I would say it definitely takes a long time because, like, after saying, like, um, the shortest amount of time took like four months to write a song. Yeah. Like it, it definitely takes a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it too is we don't, um, I think to avoid almost to, uh, avoid burnout. Maybe we, we don't just take one song and like, all right, let's, let's tear into it and get it all done today. Like all written, every part figured out. We kind of just like every time we practice, we're like, Hey, let's run it. And then, you know, as you keep doing it and keep practicing and keep running it, you get other ideas, you get other things you want to try out. And yeah. And, and Tyler, I don't know about you, but sometimes, um, when we're playing, when we're practicing, uh, I guess I get it more with, um, stuff that we'd already, uh, recorded in the studio, but it's like almost, you can hear like phantom synths and like you hear the full song. Um, I I got so used to hearing it. Yeah. We're playing it live. Like, um, Man, for say, mm-hmm. and um, was like, like the 
the bridge. Yeah. Like the the ya 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 ya's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hear those every time clearly, even though uh-huh. I was doing them. Oh, I find myself singing them. Not loud enough that you'd hear them, but yeah, they because it's in my I, head. It's like, like I can't not. Yeah, it. I can't not hear it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and that definitely um is cool because now it it even happens with stuff we haven't fully recorded. I start hearing things. I'm like, ooh, that'd be cool to add to the studio. So I just like make make a mental note of like stuff that I think would be cool to add in the studio, like little parts. Do you think you could ever see yourself singing any of the songs? Not the way Chris does, no. (laughs) Um, I would want to sing a song, but I would would, would, would be fine if it was just like one song, like one and done. I don't don't know know. if you would be (laughs) singing the car with me. I don't know. I mean, I would love to record it. it It would be like only a bonus track and like not we don't play it live uh-huh. yeah we uh i have done like backup parts on uh some of our songs like in, in the studio i recorded um some backups on crush and i think uh we did a cover of flagpole sitta um by harvey danger and is that the name of that band i think so yeah um what about Marillion? i know Marillion has a lot of like backup vocals yeah, Marillion, I didn't do any of the backup vocals. <laughs> a lot of the backup vocals that I... I know on, on that one, there's like oh, you a know what? lot of vocals on that one. Like, <sighs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, I think um, I had joined at, right at the end of the um, studio time with Marillion. So oh, I, really? I had like just laid down a little bit of bass for that, and that was about it, okay. and then re-released it. Um it was all pretty much done, like, at the point that I joined. Um, I, I can't remember if it was the fall or if it was Flagpole Sitta, but I did do some other um, uh, backups. Because a lot of the backups I have done have been just me, like, yelling. Because, <laughs> like, in uh, Flagpole Sitta, it's just, like, I, I do, like, a one, two, three, four. Um, and I just kind of screamed it. And same thing with Crush. I, like, screamed some of the uh, backup vocals. Um, but I wouldn't mind singing. I'm not opposed to it. I just have this... Uh, I I don't know if I can. I think <laughs> it's a little bit of self doubt. Is the problem? When um, we're practicing a song, sometimes I think it's funny when like he'll come to like you or me and be like, "Can you sing like, like the the higher melody?" And yeah. Like, like for me, I'm just like, "How high do you think I can go?" <laughs> like, I, I definitely have a lower voice than Chris. And yeah. He, he's got a crazy range. So yeah. If uh, he's already like pushing it, and then he's like, "You want to sing the higher melody?" I'm like. Yeah, that's I don't know if I that. <laughs> and that's that's part of the thing too. Is I um my the uh, vocal range that I'm comfortable singing with is kind of similar to um where Chris sings most of the songs. So if he says, "Hey, sing this higher part," it's like I can't go much higher than I'm yeah. already going. Yeah. Um, so there's there's like some that I can just about get it. Uh, if he was ever like, "Hey, sing three octaves lower," I'd be like, "I got you." <laughs> um. But yeah, like the fall has some pretty simple um, backup harmonies that I am able to sing, but that's pretty much like the only one. Because <laughs> the other thing too is I, it, it's something that I guess you got to get used to. I, I, it's very hard for me to sing and know, like I, I don't have perfect pitch or anything like that. Um, so it's very hard for me to sing, especially playing bass and knowing like if I'm singing the right note. Because like um, even when I record things in my bedroom, uh. I just record it, you know, directly into a mic. Um, but I can't listen to just like the earphones, um, the headphones recording, like playback. 
I have to play my acoustic guitar along with it oh, in order for me to like hear where I'm at and like what I'm supposed to be singing. Yeah. Okay. So recently there was a time where you had to take a little bit of a break from music. Yeah. Yeah. In that time, what do you think you missed the most? Was it like the in the studio recording, the live, like? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I missed everything. It, it was a tough time. Um, and it sucked, you know, just being away from life in general. But yeah, because a, a huge part of my life was every week, you know, <laughs> I'm seeing Chris and I'm seeing Tyler um, and, you know, shows too. There's they're a lot of fun and they like they get me out of the house, <laughs> which is nice. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a tough time. It sucked being away. But, you know, I worked hard and the guy supported me um, and, you know, now I'm back back with them. So I'm just happy about that. Was it a big adjustment going back into the music scene? Um, yeah, I think so. Because, um, you know, not to get too too far into it, but I guess to give some information to the listeners, uh, I suffered a stroke. Um, and it's definitely tough dealing with a brain um, problem. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, getting, you know, um, recovering from that, it's a lot of, a lot of headaches um, and uh, a lot of, you know, other things like there's, I had problems balancing, I had problems with my vision and still, you know, I'm recovering. I still have problems with my, um, right hand, which luckily is just my picking hand. Um, so you got to adjust to things, but, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely a little bit tough, you know, getting back into, um, music because loud noises aren't good for headaches. <laughs> so, um, I remember like the first time I got back to practice, I put in my, my earplugs and then I put on a pair of headphones over top of that. And, you know, I just kind of eased myself back into it and, and the guys were supportive. They, you know, if I needed a break, they'd let me take it and all that. Um, so it definitely, you know, they did everything they could to help me and, you know, I did all I could to get back <laughs> and now we're, now we're back and I'm I'm happy about it. I mean, I'm sure like there's so many good feelings but i'm sure it was frustrating because like i had a medical thing years ago and coming from like a dancer i was had to like relearn how to walk and do all this Mm -hmm. stuff and like going from like you know being where i was and then like having to relearn everything yeah yeah was like of course it's like every um step forward you feel like so grateful but it's like so frustrating yeah you know? it is there's there's yeah. definitely and even still like i'm pretty much back to where i was but there's still frustrations um and there's still little things um but yeah it's you know it's just one of those challenges everyone has challenges that they got to deal with um and i'm yeah i'm just grateful for the people i had around to help me through it um but yeah there's you know you just got to look at the yeah. <laughs> the bright side of things. Exactly. You're going to get frustrated. It happens. So looking back on some of the shows you have played, do you have any standout favorite shows you've played? I feel like we all have. Oh, man. We all kind of share one. There's, yeah, there's, there's definitely a handful of ones that stand out and I have, like, pretty clear memories of. But there was, there was this one show we played in Philly. <laughs> Is this the one you're thinking of? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, it was, it was awesome. We were, see, I was worried because I was like, oh man, we're gonna be playing outside. It's gonna be cold. I'm not gonna be able to like, <laughs> you know, play. I'm gonna be freezing. Yeah, just like and the, then the way the whole crowd was that day, and like, oh my god, yeah. 
the is... crowd was like literally like it was like a full like half circle around us like full it was like, like i don't know how many full people were there it oh was it was like, packed because even even a like hundred people there yeah even getting into the neighboring yeah <laughs> yeah just had their windows open hang out of their apartments like recording us and stuff yeah it was, it was really cool because yeah i didn't even realize because you know you kind of get into the zone when you're playing um live and for me being in the zone i just kind of don't it's it's odd i don't really focus on anything i'm just kind of like channeling <laughs> like like i'm just like doing it and not thinking yeah. but at one point i kind of just like i looked up and and i saw people like like two three stories up like sitting on like uh roofs and like <laughs> all sorts of stuff and i was like whoa wait a second <laughs> like what's going yeah. on here um so that was really a cool show and there and like tyler was saying there were so many people like it we could even to just get through all those people to put our gear on the stage was like, that, or well, kind of stage in quotation marks. But like, um, I feel like walking through crowds of people when you have like a lot, of <laughs> yeah, big, a huge amp, a and a... <laughs> big heavy gear. Like walking through like any crowd of people is annoying. So, like, yeah, it's like a crowd of like a hundred people. Yeah, it's like standing shoulder to shoulder. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. I, like, I love the crowd, but like moving the equipment through the crowd. Yeah, it was a like, pain yeah, with. Yeah, uh, that was a pain. It was so fun. If we could, if we could narrow it to one trip, maybe it wouldn't wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. But usually, people you know are pretty considerate at shows, and they'll they'll let you through. I mean, there was and there was a few shows where I brought that um that symbol stand bag. Remember that? The big heavy one. Yeah, it was, it was like eighty pounds. Yeah. I put like all of my hardware in it, and I was like, oh, like it'll be like easier because it's like one trip, and it's like, oh no, it's like a hundred pound bag now, <laughs> and it's like ten feet long. So it's like. We have to like roll it around everywhere. Yeah, so inconvenient and like, clunky. Yeah. When it comes to being at like a live or a live loud show, and you talk about like being in the zone, I've always wondered this because I've seen videos of like people like when they're playing huge uh, stadiums and stuff. They have like a little earpiece and it's like picking off. You know, mm. is oh, it hard world. when you're playing like a big show to like? stay in time like is hearing hard or anything like that oh, not not with the way tyler plays I mean, I, <laughs> this I, guy's I, an I animal feel like, i feel like <laughs> like i i do play very loudly so I yeah feel like so you're going off of tyler and not chris yeah mostly that's yeah how, that's how that's, most bands are they usually the drums kind of set the tempo and the, the bass also kind of like support that as well yeah tyler and i hold down that rhythm um i do i do use like um some of Sometimes it does get tough if you can't hear Chris um, because sometimes there's certain things like a guitar riff or a vocal line that I use as like a cue to like be like, okay, so we're going to the bridge. Um, And then like, you know, sometimes we improvise like there's there's been a couple shows where, you know, Chris will like um, extend a chorus to try to get the the crowd involved. Like I think we used to do that with uh, it was either the fall or um, two alive maybe. It was too loud. Yeah. It's the, the I'm okay part. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, we've never practiced that. No, yeah. But every time he does it, like, we just, yeah. We just, like, kind of know how to, like, and that's, yeah. And that's one of those things that's, like, you know, being friends and, and, like, all this time we spend together jamming and stuff. We've got, like, some pretty good chemistry, I'd say. Yeah. And, like, we can just feel it. You can feel when a crowd is, is going to get down with that. And I think Chris yeah. knows, too. So. Something that, that I've absolutely loved since since I joined Airspace, like playing the songs that like I've had the first time where I've actually seen a crowd sing 
like my own songs. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. Was, that was so cool. Yeah, it's so. definitely tough. There's a lot of a lot of awesome, really supportive people, especially around, you know, the Valley and in Philly. It's Have cool. you had any crazy, either crazy bad, crazy good um, stories about stuff happening at shows? Even just like concerts we've been to. I mean, Do you have any crazy I, I got a few things that I, I've always noticed that at the Philly shows specifically, it's not like at the shows, but it's like from like what we could hear afterwards, mm-hmm. like since it's in Philly, it's like sometimes you hear like like gunshots and stuff going off. So there's like, like a couple times where like we heard gunshots in distance. I don't, I don't remember if, if um, there's there was like one time where it was like me and Chris. I don't remember if you were with us when one of the times happened. We were like walking. I think it was I think it might have been me and Chris. We were walking like um, to my car to like just chill my car for a second. Mm-hmm. And then we're walking back to the place. We hear like like a few gunshots going off. We're like, all right, let's start walking faster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this happened multiple times. <laughs> it's, it's Philly. Yeah. I mean, those things happen. You just got to be careful. And one thing I'm very happy about that we have not seen is um, lately, you know, like you know that whole like drug thing that's happening in Philly. People are like acting like zombies and stuff. Like whatever no. that drug is. <laughs> I I won't lie. I have not stayed up to date on that. Yeah. So in, in Philly, there's I don't know what the drug is, but there. Some sort some, of so yeah, some sort of thing like that, and like people will like fall asleep standing up, and it's like, like dozens of people like on the street. Oh, wow. at the same time. Playing, like college towns. And, like, yeah, I, I don't think we're playing in a. Yeah. Crazy like like I'm I'm very happy that um we haven't had to deal with. Anything yeah, like that. there's there's definitely been um, you know, there's been times where you know, like loading gear in. We've had people like come up to us and ask us for like a couple bucks or something. We're like, buddy, we're we're musicians. Uh, we're not yeah. making too much here. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. There was and, one you know, time. It uh, sucks, but I I, I uh, caught a few kids doing coke wow. on a on a washing machine. Well, listen, don't snitch on them. Don't rat on them. <laughs> I'm not saying names. But less about you know dangerous stuff. You know. Yeah. Has there any, uh, did he, Kick over an amp? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Uh, there's, there's always, um, I guess, I guess the uh, thing about shows is nothing is ever going to be perfect. Uh-huh. You know, um, there's always going to be like one thing. Like maybe you forget something, or you, you know, you got to improvise a little bit. I've, I've definitely had times. Uh, I, I remember it because it was, I was super embarrassed. Um, I think this was with my old band. We were playing a show at um, Live at Thirteen, um, and. I was just so like, I, it wasn't even anxiety. It was just, I was just so excited and so ready and amped up to play. And I was like shaking like, and I was like, oh, I just got to plug in all my stuff as quick as I can so that we can just start playing. Um, and I had plugged in uh, one of my pedals. I just plugged, I reversed like where the input and the output is. So no sound was coming out. And I was like, what's going on? Why, why is there no sound coming out? And I was like freaking out. And it was like the simplest fix. Um, but it's like sometimes you just make a stupid mistake and you're like, oh man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> was that for a show where I was playing with you? Or was it for an no, that that was with uh, that was with Run from the Radio, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I've always been very careful since then, so it was a good learning <laughs> learning experience. I mean, that one show in Philly that was like outside and it was freezing cold. Oh yeah. Like I don't even know how your fingers worked or not. Yeah, it was uh, that that show kind of made me upset 
because of like the whole getting delayed like an hour and a half or something like that. Well, yeah, like, but you know, like I said, that's the thing with shows; nothing ever goes perfect, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it was freezing, um, and my hands were not working to the best of their ability. But luckily, around like halfway through our set, once you know, once you're moving around, jumping around, your fingers get warmed up. It got a little easier to play, which is good because we had the tougher songs for for me at the end of the set. Yeah, luckily, we're not in metal bands. So we don't, <laughs> yeah, we don't right. have to like play super fast because like, yeah. we were cold and we had to play super fast. Like I don't know if the, I don't know if the strings would make it. Good <laughs> crack. Yeah. So where do you see like your personal music journey going? Airspace. Like, what does the future look like? I mean, me personally, I've always had this kind of you know. I'll go wherever, you know, life takes me kind of mindset. Um, and I want to go <laughs> everywhere <laughs> with airspace, you know? Um, I, I think it'd be awesome to take some farther trips, like in every direction, like North, South, North, South, East, West. Um, cause I love going to Philly for shows, but it'd be, and we've gone to New York for a few, but I'd love going other places too. You know, we played in Jersey a couple of times, but even further like i'd love to go out west like i have i have a friend who lives out in la and he's like dude come out <laughs> you know anytime we'll i'll let you stay and you guys can play some shows um but yeah like any anywhere that the band takes me i want to go um and i hope it takes me a lot of places you know your personal music writing journey do you think that's just you're writing songs like for yourself and then for airspace or do you see any like because um, Tyler mentioned uh, you have a very My Chemical Romance sound so <laughs> sure, would yeah. you want to do any like side projects solo projects release any music of your own with that different sound uh it's hard to say I guess because you know it'd be cool um to kind of put some of the stuff I write out there but I I think I have a lot of self doubt <laughs> is one thing. And another thing is like, I write these things. And I'm like, Oh, well, what if we can use it in their space? Like not now, but maybe later. Um, so, you know, I don't want to, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the thing too, is, um, we can, a lot of things, uh, can just be changed, you know, like, cause it's just chords, you know, we can change the way we play them. We can change the speed we play them and stuff like that the rhythm we play them in um because you know i think that's part of what makes a song is definitely like the progressions you use um so yeah it's i i feel like a lot of the stuff i write i have like i write with the idea of it possibly being repurposed um and then like you know if it doesn't <laughs> i've just got it for myself and and I just like to play, you know, I, I, I play acoustic guitar. I play songs for myself every day. Um, and just writing and recording in my room, it's fun. Passes time and like stuff like that too. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to put stuff out one day. I just don't know if I'll ever, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> find it in write, me. Write a side project to my side project. <laughs> but I've, I've told Brady about this. I want to do like a little like a EP thing. Actually, I think I told you about the other day. Yeah. Yeah, like a little like EP. I still have no clue what I'm gonna release it under, but I I have the titles over everything. Yeah. But um, and I have a bunch of lyrics written. One song, I got um, got the drums and lyrics written. But um, the one thing is that um, 
I don't know how to write and record like bass and guitar from like I can't I can't execute like what I have in my head. Mm-hmm. So it's like I feel like whenever I have like an idea in my head for for bass and guitar, I'll be like, okay, I'll just find the notes and I'll just like like hit the notes until I find it and like the note doesn't exist on this bass. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm I'm a bassist and I have trouble with that too. So like sometimes I'll be like playing and I'm like. The notes in my head is in between those two notes, but like, like why is it like not <laughs> like working? So outside of music, what do you got going on? Uh, that's a tough question to answer. <laughs> um, so I, I, I have problems with my back, so I, I can't really do a whole lot of work because I used to do like physical warehouse jobs. Um, so I, I kind of just spend my time, you know doing whatever <laughs> whatever anyone wants me to do you know i'll jam with other like people hobby, like uh yeah i mean i like to draw i like to make like little things <laughs> you know create little things uh i play video games obviously everyone does um I sp- well i spend way too much time playing video games <laughs> you know um but yeah i just kind of and i i'm i'm really into um astronomy uh i use it i have a telescope and i like to uh look at stars and planets and yeah. constellations yeah yeah that's that's probably <laughs> that i'd probably say is like my only real like hobby because that's something i do pretty often and now invest time in what is the earth like a 3d shape i would say a sphere <laughs> I mean, slight oval shape right, is it right. a little long egg shaped it's slightly like wider have you ever doubted that uh no i've a, a like i might think oh. it's flat no i did do a um persuasive essay one time in high school about it being flat i didn't believe it but i I had to do a persuasive essay and i was like well let's see if i can persuade anyone like (laughs) but it's tough trying to (laughs) trying to persuade someone something you don't believe yeah if i really got if i was yeah if i like brought out some really solid points i think one of the points i made was if uh if the earth were a sphere all of the land would float to the top because it's on water see doesn't that make sense (laughs) <laughs> see i see you questioning things now I, I guess. my brother would be like you are so right oh my gosh that makes so much sense. but yeah uh i'm a firm a spherical earth that's believer good. yeah good. does astrology partner with astronomy or um i would say with some things yes because like um like they both involve like stars but in a different way yeah, I think I prefer just looking at them. I don't know much about yeah. <laughs> astrology. Astrology, like um, all I know is like, um, like your, the signs and like that's that's. I know the names of the signs and that's it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I know I'm a Taurus. That's about me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know. Sign. That means I'm emotional. I, I I'm a bold sign. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the I don't know what that means. Actually, no. Taurus is Earth. I'm an Earth sign. Yes. Yeah. Alright, it's that time we share our favorite song of the week. Do you want to go first? Oh man. Oh, 
that's tough. I've got um, a couple of songs I always listen to on repeat, so it's tough to pick one that's my favorite this week. Uh, I guess it's it's probably like one of my all time favorite songs is "Debaser" by Pixies. Um, I listen I listen to it multiple times a week. <laughs> so I guess I guess we'll stick with that. I got one. It's it's not a song. It's um, it's a it's an album that just came out. Um, but it, the name of it is ridiculous. Um, I gotta look it up. It's by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard again. Um, you gotta switch it up. Not not when the band is the best band in the world. Um, hey, have you ever heard of Airspace? <laughs> yeah, okay, why si- have you not <laughs> said any Airspace songs as your favorite song of the week? I mean, I have. Like, if you said like, "What's your favorite song of your own?" I would tell you, but like, um, hold on, I gotta. Where's the full name of this album? I gotta find it. Hold on, hold on. Um, I'll get it in a second. It's tough because they have like forty albums, right? <laughs> yeah, like literally. So the album name is Petro Draconic Apocalypse or Dawn of Eternal Night and Annihilation of Planet Earth in the Beginning. Of merciless damnation. Oh, you should have just asked me. I could have told you that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've been listening to a band called Peach Pit. Very oh, yeah. like chill yeah. summer music. Yeah. Do you have a favorite aerospace song to listen to and then or to mm, play? To play? I mean, I like listening to all of them. Definitely. You know, sometimes you just have a vibe and you're like, mm. oh man, I want to hear this song. <laughs> but uh. To play, I really like stuff from that original EP. Um, I love playing Standing Still because it's just got crazy energy. Oh, um, so yeah, and Too Alive is also super fun as well. I don't. I know. I know for a fact you've you've heard it, but I, I know you haven't heard it as much as a lot of the other songs yeah. we play. I know that your your favorite of ours is. Um, yeah, too alive. Yeah, too alive. Mm-hmm. You get so excited when we start playing that one. Like, I do too. You get mad at me when we don't. <laughs> You're like, why didn't you play this song? I just like like the screaminess of it. Yeah. I I dig it. Yeah. yeah. Should we do that the other segment that we were talking no, about a while no, ago? No. Like, it it would be so, so funny. We gotta prep it. We can't just do. It. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, coming soon we're gonna have a, a new segment. We it's roll, it's, gonna, it's yep, gonna be hilarious. It's gonna be hilarious. Yeah. Sure. So you're gonna. Obama will think it's funny. If Obama ever sees this, he's going to be like, episode like 17 of There's Music Room Podcast. This made me chuckle. Imagine if we get Obama on here. That would be so funny. Let's hope we don't have technical difficulties if we have Obama. That would be hilarious. Imagine just seeing Obama sitting right. there awkwardly. Okay. That would be so funny. Like to break the awkward sounds, be like, so are there aliens? Oh. If you could, mm-hmm. now you're into aliens. Mm-hmm. If you could have one question answered for like a hundred percent, but you can't tell anyone the answer. So like you could ask, oh, like what's happening in Area 51, but you can't like only you know the answer. You can't share it with anyone. What would you want to know? Just like a, in life, or in a, life, like yeah. asking an alien a question. No, in general. Oh, in general. Oh man. Uh. I'd probably ask like um like someone really rich for like their credit card information. <laughs> <laughs> See, that that's smart. That's smart. 
that is, that is very smart. I, you know, I feel like you could answer a lot more questions once you have that kind of money. You what, know? what did I say? I don't know. Probably something about the, the pyramids. I think we talked about how the pyramids were uh, built. We want to know. I think they just grew them. I think they were just always there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking aliens, I'm a big conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah. I love conspiracy theories. I mean, I like learning about them. Do I, mm. I, I believe the pyramids. You, Sorry for interrupting you. Yeah. Um, I'll continue. <laughs> yeah, you continue. <laughs> um, but, I'll, I'll interrupt again, actually. Um, there's, there's <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Theory. Now, I do not believe nor deny it um, that the pyramids actually... Um, or put here um, oh, by like these aliens and pretty much you just like keep getting reincarnated and the aliens still live in the pyramids but <laughs> they're just waiting for like the perfect human and then they're gonna take them into the pyramids and then send them off to an alien planet um, so you that? <laughs> Honest, I don't know. My one friend in high school told me it. Your friend, that that's okay. We we heard it here. Yeah. Friends in high school, the most scientific source <laughs> from a trusted source. We yeah. Gotta, yeah. We just gotta question everything. I think. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I can't say for sure, but so far, I'm believing one guy. Um, what's his name? Randall Carlson. Um, he's the guy that did that the uh, show. Um. Ancient cities, or no ancient apocalypse. Yeah, it's about um, uh, an event called the Younger Dryas Impact. Which, mm -hmm. um, do you know anything about that? No, so it's basically a theory that um, there's an asteroid impact or some sort of thing that happens like every like 20,000 years or something like that, mm -hmm. and um, that caused um, a large amount of um. It was basically like a, a smaller scale, like um, doomsday kind of, like a smaller scale like extinction event. Mm -hmm. But it was like only with like the northern, or maybe it was like the whole planet, I don't know. But it was like during the Ice Age, it was like, I think it's roughly like 12,500 years ago, I think is what they say. But um, um, the whole thought is that there was supposed to be an ancient civilization that was at least as advanced as us or maybe a little bit more mm -hmm. but they just advanced in a different way um but they're the ones who built like those ancient structures like the pyramids and stuff like that and then when that extinction event happened that caused them to die out and then kind of reset them yeah just, like, killed off like the ancient like uh like the more advanced civilization and like it caused um like the other sapient species to like evolve like it allowed them to kind of like evolve and then we kind of became the alpha alpha species i don't buy it I but don't i mean it. it makes a lot of sense and like there are <laughs> things that are backing up that not 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 specifically that another civilization built the pyramids but that that um younger dry's impact event did happen okay maybe but because there's there's a guy that um i told you about this i think a guy that um, owns, he, he was like um, a gold miner, and he bought land in Alaska to, mm. to do gold mining, but he ended up finding tons of, like, mammoth fossils, like, saber-toothed tiger fossils, all within, like, 
a five kilometer range. It was like hundreds of fossils all mm-hmm. in the same time period, all in the same spot. Yeah. So they all got killed in one event and got brought like I guess from like 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 um water melting or ice moving at a very quick pace, put them all into the same area, which uh-huh. would be from like an asteroid impact in like the northern hemisphere somewhere. Uh, Brady's not looking <laughs> either. <laughs> I don't know. You gotta, you gotta look into it. Yeah. You gotta look into it. Um, I'll take my alien um, theory more than that. But no, I, anyways, I will, I will fight for that theory yeah, okay. to be real. <laughs> right. I, I don't know what the whole like ancient civilization that built everything, but the asteroid impact, I 100% okay. believe. Okay. And I tried convincing the my Snapchat AI. That that happened, <laughs> and it, it didn't want me to convince it. Okay. Well. <laughs> it was trying um, to convince me that nothing happened in that time. Wow. And I'm like, you're you're a liar. Uh-huh. You're the dumbest AI ever made. Wow. Um, now that we got the two of the airspace boys, um, I guess do you want to shout out some airspace stuff that's coming out? Well, depending on when this will be released. And, uh, I think this next July song. July second. Yeah, we have a July second. Uh-huh. Where'd that date come from? That's when this is gonna be released. Happy <laughs> July second, everybody. Schedule. <laughs> oh, this episode. I thought I meant like um, like the next airspace song. <laughs> no. no. Oh, I, I was like, where'd you get July second from? I was like, we don't even <laughs> have that date yet. <laughs> Do you know when it's going to be released? Can we I, can I we drop the July? title? Can I we drop the title? I think in July. It, the song <laughs> is it's going to be Belladonna. Yeah, we have a, a song. That's, that's a song. Yeah, that we're working on. It's called Belladonna. It is. It is ripping. Yeah, sounds really cool. Absolute banger. Chris and I blasted it on his car radio the other day, and it sounded awesome. Um, so that'll be coming out soon, or it's very, perhaps already. Very heavy synth song. Mm-hmm. So any, I would say for the first like thirty seconds of the song, if you're a fan of the weekend, you're gonna be a fan of this song because the first <laughs> thirty seconds of the song gives me that gives me like very heavy weekend vibes. And I think if you're a fan of airspace, you're gonna be a fan of if this you, song because I think airspace, it's I think it's a pretty good one. Wear a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, shit your pants. all right. Well, thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. All right, you ready to wrap it up? Yeah. All right. See everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>